what the heck is happening with Pornhub? Over the last few years, the massive entertainment website has found itself in the news, involved in lawsuits, and the topic of heated discussions at the dinner table. Well, okay, maybe not that last one. Now there's a whole Netflix documentary about the site. And that's when you know something has gone seriously My wrong. I had a copy of Playgirl, when I tore out all the pages. And when you see something like that that connects with you, it makes you realize who you are. I mean, the sex is- Pornhub and its owners have been the main point of contention for a massive movement called the Trafficking Hub for years. In the blink of an eye, the website and its founders seem to be the all-out villains of the internet. But everything might not be as it appeared. While the accusations against the site are incredibly concerning and most likely relatively true, the story where the calls are coming from might be an even bigger story. One of the groups spearheading the campaign has members that allegedly fantasize about sexual relationships with Jesus while warning the rest of the world that people in bikinis are going to destroy the earth with their sensuality. Others have called Google an evil organization purely because the search engine leads people to porn sites. The primarily religious organizations hid their true intentions well and successfully convinced millions of people that despite there being less illegal activity found on Pornhub compared to other sites like Facebook and Twitter, it should be the one shut down. As more and more people began to join in on the charge, other companies associated with the brand started their retreat. Credit card processing companies were pulling out faster than the speed of light and practically overnight, people lost their ability to make money off of content on the website. Through all of this, there seems to be one major thing that people are not considering. What does all this backlash mean for the independent content creators just trying to make a living? Should their futures be determined by over-religious zealots? Let's find out. I'm the Illuminati, and this is The Corporate Casket. And if you're looking for some more content from me, particularly about current events or things that are coming up in our day-to-day lives, because I feel like every day is a breaking news story at this point, feel free to check out my live podcast stream over on my Twitch channel or on my second YouTube channel. It's twitch.tv slash the Illuminati or on YouTube Illuminati, T-E-A at the end. I stream every Thursday evening, 5.30 Pacific Standard Time. Because too many young men are too despairing or too checked out on social media or porn to be doing what we need them to do as a country. Suit. The suit charges that credit card giant Visa was complicit in MindGeek's content distribution because Visa cards were authorized to pay for third- 30 women have filed a lawsuit against Pornhub. The women are accusing the adult website of running a quote, criminal enterprise and exploiting them for profit. Please be aware that this episode will discuss difficult topics such as sex trafficking, CP, and SA. If that's gonna be a little too much for you to hear at this moment, please feel free to skip this episode in its entirety and we'll see you in the next one. Now, it may shock some of you to know that Pornhub is in the top five most visited websites in the world. It beats out social media sites like Twitter and Reddit. Hell, it even has more monthly visits than Amazon. But for the last couple years, it looks like their reign over the internet might be coming to an end. It all started nearly three years ago when news came trickling into the public conversation that one of the world's most profitable and well-known porn sites could be involved in some horrific practices. As a website, Pornhub works kind of like YouTube. It allows individual members and organizations to upload their videos and they could monitor them. Unfortunately, people found that their monitoring was missing a lot. 
reports came flooding in that the porn site has allowed non-consensual content to flood its site. In one instance, a 15-year-old girl who had been missing was found in over 50 videos on the site. In others, women's sexual assaults were posted for anyone to watch, download, and for Pornhub to profit from. Unfortunately, the list of horror stories goes on. I'm not gonna sit here and go through every single one of them as many are deeply upsetting, and two, there's too many to go through. Regardless, as these terrifying stories began trickling into the news cycle, people were quick to react. The global epicenter of internet pornography. The company makes hundreds of millions of dollars through ad revenue, data collection, and premium subscriptions. And it's blatantly enabling and profiting from rape, sexual abuse. Soon, a movement called Trafficking Hub was born. Its sole mission? To shut down Pornhub and hold them accountable for their actions. Before long, over 2 million people had signed a petition to get the site shut down, and just when it seemed like things couldn't get any worse for the company, it did. In 2021, roughly 40 women filed a lawsuit against Pornhub and its parent company, MindGeek, claiming that they had profited off of content that showed rape, child pornography, sex trafficking, and other non-consensual activities. The women claimed that the executives knew that users had been posting non-consensual content and decided to monetize and promote it regardless. In essence, it seemed like the company had almost endorsed trafficking if not involved directly in the crime. Despite this allegation, Pornhub executives claimed that they had done nothing wrong. They had comprehensive safeguards that allegedly protected the platform and the people posting on it. The company told NBC News, the allegations in today's complaint that Pornhub is a criminal enterprise that traffics women and is run like the Sopranos are utterly absurd, completely reckless and categorically false. I just have a small critique of that statement. Regardless of whether this accusation was true or not, it is still a very serious allegation. This statement seems to treat it with absolutely no respect. There was no empathy for the people that filed the suit and it didn't seem to be treated seriously at all. And I get it, no one wants to be sued, but at least write some sort of statement that displays empathy for the fact that there were undoubtedly illegal videos posted to your site, even if you had nothing to do with putting them there. The lawsuit accuses Pornhub's parent company, MindGeek, of hosting videos depicting revenge porn, rape, and even child sexual abuse, and profiting from that. And there are 34 women who say they've had their lives completely ruined after discovering sexually explicit videos of- Before long, the lawsuit began to spiral. Not only did it add more plaintiffs, but it added more defendants. It accused Pornhub and MindGeek of maintaining a business relationship with the infamous Girls Do Porn, a website that had forced women to appear in videos by using force, fraud, and coercion. One of the key players in that site, Ruben Andre Garcia, had been convicted and sentenced to over 20 years in prison just one year prior. Learning of Pornhub's relationship with what was essentially a trafficking website certainly did not help their case that they were not, as they put it, run like the Sopranos. According to the lawsuit, even when women requested that Pornhub remove the non-consensual material, they refused. Allegedly, women even told Pornhub that they had been coerced, yet the videos remained on the site. Eventually, Pornhub did settle this lawsuit, but not before their reputations were undoubtedly ruined. It was clearly time for some damage control. And so they tried. California judge in the case denied Visa's motion to be dismissed from the lawsuit. Last Thursday, Visa and MasterCard announced they were abandoning payments for ad purchases on Pornhub or any of mine. As the news came in, Pornhub was desperately trying to prove that they had done nothing wrong. But that didn't mean everyone was believing them, especially not the companies that were working with them in the first place. Soon, there was even more trouble afoot for the massive company. 
As it turns out, the payment processors weren't safe from an onslaught of prosecutions. U.S. district judges were naming them as co-defendants in the rising lawsuits. After all, they were allegedly involved in Pornhub profiting off of the terrible content, so why shouldn't they be sued as well? These decisions seemed to make Visa and MasterCard just a little bit scared, and immediately after the judge decided to make them culpable, they decided it was time to remove themselves from the situation altogether. In a statement, they wrote, "'We will suspend Traffic Junkies' Visa acceptance privileges based on the court's decision until further notice. During this suspension, Visa cards will not be able to be used to purchase advertising on any sites, including Pornhub or other MindGeek-affiliated sites.'" For good measure, they also had to add that the allegations against them and Pornhub in general were reckless and absolutely false. To me, this makes the whole suspension of their money processing a little less meaningful. If you were so certain, you wouldn't suspend your system. That's all I'm saying. Having the balls to stand behind your company and prove that you did nothing wrong or suspend the service and simply move on without saying another word, like those were kind of the two options, but to kind of suspend your service and then like from behind your little shield be like, by the way, we didn't do anything. Like, I don't know, chief, that doesn't look very good. Now, MasterCard, on the other hand, suspended the use of their payment processing to the site and released a statement that said their investigation had confirmed violations of their standards, which strictly prohibited unlawful content from being on the site. See, Visa, that's how you do it. You go, oh shit, something is actually wrong. We're done here, adios. Unfortunately, there were some unintended consequences to these decisions. Pornhub doesn't only work with production companies to produce or promote their content, they work with independent sex workers too. These people already went through verification processes so they could get paid. The true danger came from the people who were posting content to the site without using the payment processing because it wasn't required that they got verified. With Visa and MasterCard suspending their services, these legitimately verified workers lost their income pretty much immediately. And for some, this meant that they might have to turn to different models, which could potentially be even less safe and more dangerous for them than Pornhub originally was. They had been trying to warn Pornhub about the need for verification for everyone, but they didn't listen. And now because of the company's inaction, they were put in harm's way. In short, it wasn't fair. Operating a pornography website like any other social media website is almost like operating a firecracker factory and not banning smoking. You're creating an explosive situation for the most vulnerable members of our population. The bulk of Pornhub's content was probably completely legal, but they operate on this razor's edge. And that's where the tremendous danger zone for any adult site. But soon, MasterCard would reinstate its processing to the platform, only it came with new rules that raised some concerns. Now, people looking to add new content to any adult site would be required to submit signed consent forms. Platforms needed to be able to watch streams or block them with automated tools, and all content had to be reviewed by platform moderators before it was published to the site. And again, while I can certainly understand why they would want these new rules put in place, people that worked legally in the sex industry felt like they could do the opposite of good. One worker who spoke to Vice under the promise of anonymity said, "'I don't feel helped by these new policies. By forcing me to fill out a consent contract or upload an ID that protects producers, platforms, and banks from liability, I would have a harder time winning a case against an abusive producer.'" I mean, you can certainly see where they're coming from. If you submit a signed form, then a producer winds up being abusive or sexually harasses you or worse, it would almost be impossible to win that case in court. The judge would simply see the form and throw out everything else. 
But MasterCard apparently didn't understand that concept even after they met with sex workers to address their concerns. Turns out it was just one of those, oh yeah, we heard your concerns, but we're not going to do anything about it type of meeting. Not only did these regulations impact Pornhub, but they almost had a disastrous impact on OnlyFans too. Soon after the MasterCard announcement, OnlyFans said that they would be phasing out sexually explicit content on their platform, a platform that was built off of sexually explicit content. They did decide to reverse their decision after a monumental tidal wave of pushback came from their content creators and the general population. But it was a remarkably close call for the people who depended on the site to pay their bills and work in a way that was at least relatively safe. Unfortunately, this just seems to be par for the course for the adult industry. Workers know the processes, the upsides and the downsides of the industry and know how to keep people safe, yet no one listens to them until they get sued. Even though Pornhub had consistently been receiving criticism about not making everyone submit verification on their site to make it safer, they continuously ignored it until it was too late. Now, after lawsuits and losing their payment processors, they were finally going to make some changes. After MasterCard and Visa cut ties with the company, they decided to purge millions of videos that had been posted to the website. Actually, they removed most of their content. With the span of one morning, they went from 13 million to 4 million videos. Once again, this move came at the expense of sex workers. While yes, they obviously removed all, most hopefully, all of the illegal content in one swoop, they also removed all of the perfectly legal ones without a second thought to what that meant to the individual worker's income. Of course, they could get their videos put back up, but they would have to submit a picture of themselves holding a piece of paper with their username, which is, it's just one of the most flimsy forms of verification I've ever seen in my life for a company. Like I get it for like the Reddit AMAs, you know, when it's like a famous person, like, oh, this is so-and-so famous person asked me anything and they're holding up like you slash whatever the username is to verify that it's them. I get that. And that's Reddit. And I think that's cool. But like, for Pornhub to verify that you are who you are, that's how you wanted to do it? Like, really? That's that's not good. Unfortunately though, this was not a joke, this was legit. And this also meant that people would need to completely rebuild their platform and their engagement. So yes, they solved one problem, but created a whole slew of new ones. And with all of what was happening, it was easy to put all the blame exclusively on Pornhub. After all, they were the ones allowing illegal content, not listening to sex workers and messing with the verification system. But to understand the whole story, we still need to dig a little bit deeper. Who were the people leading the charge against Pornhub? Were they truly concerned about the trafficking on the site or was there another motivation? As it turns out, there was something much deeper going on. And while everyone had their attention on one thing, there was more happening somewhere else. When Traffic Hub was first introduced by Lila Micklewaite in February, 2020, people were only paying attention to one thing, Pornhub. It makes sense. We had just been made aware that a massive company was allegedly allowing videos to be disseminated on their website that depicted illegal, immoral, and heartbreaking content. So as the movement to shut down Pornhub spread across the internet, no one seemed to question the people behind it or their true purposes. Now it's time to dig a little bit more. Who was running this campaign and what was their actual goal? As it turns out, Layla was a member of Exodus Cry. And if that doesn't sound familiar to you, let me explain who they are. 
Exodus Cry originated as a prayer group associated with IHOP, and no, I don't mean the Delicious Pancake Institution. I'm talking about the International House of Prayer. And yes, they have been sued by Pancake IHOP, and we'll talk about that in just a second. However, in the beginning, the group met to apparently pray for trafficking and eventually created their own shelter for victims of human trafficking. No one knows what actually happened with that shelter though. We don't know if it truly helped anyone. When the director of Exodus Cry is directly asked about it, all he says is this. Since our inception, Exodus Cry has been raising awareness about the injustice of sex trafficking, advocating for effective legislation and assisting victims and survivors. And we continue this critical work to the present day. So that wasn't a very in-depth answer. It answered none of my questions about what they do, but okay. Either way, it doesn't sound so bad yet, right? At least they are addressing an actual problem. However, there's a little bit more to it than just that. They aren't just against trafficking. They seem to be against all types of sex. In fact, over the years, they've created many documentaries about the horrors of sexuality, including the dangers of youth hookup culture. And of course, they created one called Seattle Bikini Baristas, which is a documentary that apparently is about the terrifying world of bikini coffee shops. That's right, if you wear a bikini and you serve coffee, ooh, you're very scary. Okay, so the whole trafficking thing really just seems like a way to pull people in so they can get to their real problem, any type of sexuality whatsoever. What can I say? I don't really expect anything different from a group that started as a prayer group. Though in recent years, they have actively been trying to distance themselves from religion. And that makes sense considering the history of where they got their start, the International House of Prayer. So again, who are they? Well, where do I start? They're pretty much a cult. I mean, there's really no nicer way for me to phrase that. Members are required to spend at least 25 hours a week in a room just to pray. Additionally, they had to participate in fasts every single week that can sometimes last more than a day. According to their leader, Mike Bickle, who started the organization in 1999, this weekly ritual apparently affects real world events by weakening the demons and strengthening the angels that swirl among us. The group also believes that the end is near, the apocalypse is coming, and oh yeah, does not believe in sex at all outside of prearranged marriages unless it is fantasizing orgies with Jesus, which that's quite a statement. But seriously, I'm not fucking kidding. Some group members have told people that they have fantasized about having sex with God. Meanwhile, any sign of flirtation with people that Deaton himself has not matched with other people could lead to banishment from the group or from the opposite sex. Bickle, who claims that he himself is gay, though of course he doesn't come out and say he's proud of it, he speaks of it more like a curse. He has said that gay people were going to face, and I quote, flaming missile of the evil one and that gay marriage was rooted in the depths of hell. Oh yeah, and I can't forget that he also said that Hitler was a hunter sent by God to punish the Jews. In summary, fuck this guy. It's not difficult to understand why Exodus Cry would want to separate itself from IHOP, and again, not the pancake place, and denies associating with the former International House of Prayer. But while they claim that they're no longer associated with the evil, homophobic, Jesus orgy having anti-Semites, their taxes tell a bit of a different story. In 2018, Open Democracy found that Exodus Cry was actually a related tax-exempt organization in IHOP's taxes and that they shared the same director. So separate in public, but together in private. How romantic of them. Again, these are the same people that are running this major campaign about sex trafficking. 
In reality, they just want to abolish the commercial sex industry as a whole, not just trafficking. But you know, of course, there's more. Co-sponsoring the movement was the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, which is the latest iteration of morality and media, which is a nonprofit group that calls itself the nation's loudest voice against adult pornography. They claim that their main mission is to rid the world of any types of hardcore porn or sex trafficking, but holy shit, are their definitions for that broad. Over the years, they have attacked any company that provides access to any sexual content, including Google and Netflix. They say that Google drives people to pornography sites and claims that Netflix has literally thousands of instances of nudity, sex acts, and more. So clearly they must be shut down. After doing a little digging, it was pretty easy to figure out what the true mission of all of these groups really is. So they probably do care about ending human trafficking. It's pretty obvious that most people who aren't absolutely fucking monsters are against that. But that's not actually their key focus. It's just a way to draw people in. In reality, their true focus is to tear down any aspect of public human sexuality. It can't be in movies, in porn, in magazines, or anywhere, and their definition of what makes something sexual is so outrageously broad, it's almost laughable. Just for some consideration, they say that Sports Illustrated is pornography, and they say that Cosmopolitan is also pornography. I told you, have a good chuckle, I laughed. But as ridiculous as that sounds, it's working. With some carefully worded messaging, these groups have been able to successfully push out an abundance of legal hardworking sex workers from Pornhub, which by the way, actually had fewer reported instances of human trafficking or sexual assault content than Facebook. But no one ever seems to want to mention that. But just as this whole situation and the excitement surrounding it seemed to be calming down, Netflix decided to swoop in and bring everything back to the mainstream light. Their new documentary, Money Shot, claims to tell the full story. But again, the question, does it really? But before we continue on to cover the next section, I just wanna take a quick moment to thank today's sponsor. HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime this spring by delivering pre-portioned ingredients and easy to prepare recipes right to your door. Skip the checkout lines and get outside in the warmer weather because HelloFresh has dinner covered. And HelloFresh is gonna keep your taste buds on their toes with 40 recipes and over 100 seasonal and convenience items to choose from every single week. With so much variety, there are options for everyone and every lifestyle. And one of my newest favorite options is the quick and easy meals like HelloFresh's fast and fresh pineapple chicken tacos or one of my favorites, the falafel power bowls. They're ready in 15 minutes or less. It's actually freaking crazy because it is that fast. And then one of the quick and easy meals that I don't think I talk about a lot, but it's actually one of my favorites. They do like a mozzarella and pesto sandwich. It literally takes five minutes. They give you the tomatoes, the mozzarella, the ciabatta bread and everything, and the aioli and everything. And you just fucking slather that together really quick and then just go. So if you're ready to get some quick and easy and delicious meals delivered to your door, make sure you go to hellofresh.com casket50 and use code casket50 for 50% off, plus your first box ships for free. Again, that's hellofresh.com casket50 and use code casket50 for 50% off, plus your first box ships free. I mean, the sex is almost immaterial. I was 11 and I went onto Pornhub and I wanted to be surprised, and I really was. The first piece of pornography that I watched was an eight-person geriatric gangbang. 
which did kind of set the tone for how extreme things could be on the internet. I think what makes porn porn is that you watch it expecting to be sexually aroused in some way. I think that's my entire definition of it. That's very broad. Yeah. So like, I mean, anything can be porn. I do want to start by giving Netflix some credit. I walked into Money Shot thinking I was going to be bombarded with the ultra-religious anti-sexuality organizations leading the narrative. Instead, the narrative is led primarily by sex workers who know the story, how it impacts them, and talk passionately about the issues that are so pervasive in the industry. Unfortunately, certain aspects of the documentary absolutely miss the mark. Throughout, representatives from groups like Exodus Cry and the National Center on Sexual Exploitation are free to give their perspective on the situation without any type of background that explains where these groups come from or what their true mission is. Today's meeting is televised and will be made available via the House of Commons website. Now, pursuant to the motion adopted by the committee on Friday, December the 11th, 2020, the committee is resuming its study on the protection of privacy. Though it's brought up briefly, it's not analyzed in a way that I feel is necessary when presenting such a broadly impactful story. Instead, they are relatively free to say whatever the hell they want, which ironically includes one of the lawyers from NCOSE stating that they were fighting against Pornhub to save the models who became too reliant on the site. I'm not kidding. But the models themselves and the people in the industry bring up some incredibly important points, especially when it comes to Section 230, which had been largely left out of the conversation until this point. Right as performers were finding a new avenue to grow their businesses and gain a following on websites under their own control, like OnlyFans, politicians began to make decisions that could change the world of online sex work forever. Now, I'm sure you probably have heard of Section 230 by now, Basically, it just protects online platforms that host third-party content from being sued for that content. It's why people can post things to YouTube or on sites, and those sites are not sued if someone decides to attack the creator who posted the content. Which, side note, there's a lot going on with Section 230 right now if you want to give it a read. It has massive implications for how we function on the internet. However, and unfortunately, some argue that Section 230 has allowed things like human trafficking to run rampant. So some new laws were passed, commonly known as FOSTA-SESTA, which is the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act and the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act. Basically, these just stated that online platforms could now be held liable for content that was posted on their site that people deemed to portray sexual exploitation and sex trafficking. So what happened after the bills were passed? Well, absolute mayhem. Almost immediately, massive organizations like Craigslist, Reddit, Tumblr were just banning their content creators from posting any type of sexually explicit content. They were essentially ripping away people's livelihoods and safety nets in the process. As pointed out in the documentary, this can have disastrous outcomes for some people. Some would be forced to go back to in-person sex work, which can be inherently more dangerous. Others would have to turn to managers or agents that didn't have their best interest at heart. Perhaps one of the most important drawbacks to this law, as one person puts it, is that it made child traffickers harder to find. Before, people could be tracked, videos could be flagged, and people could find proof of crimes online. But now people were doing things in the dark again. And in turn, these types of laws also pushed people back to massive sites, just like Pornhub, so that they could find work in a relatively safe way. Now, even the most basic instances of sexual content could put users in danger of having their content pulled. The story of the attack on Pornhub has been an absolutely wild ride. 
Obviously, Pornhub should be diligent about what ends up on their site, but they should also be listening to the performers who work on their platform. They aren't the only ones with a problem, they are just the easiest target. Everyday normal social media platforms face millions of instances of illegal content being uploaded every single day, but people don't attack them because you can't build the same messaging around it. The groups behind the crusade against Pornhub have always been after one thing, to remove any form of sexually explicit content from the online world. Their focus on trafficking is a smokescreen for their true purpose. All this to say, it's always important to dig a little bit deeper than surface level. And remember, sex work is real work. People deserve to be safe. They deserve to have bodily autonomy and they deserve to be listened to. But with all of that being said, that's where we're going to end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking and following and subscribing so that you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes. I really appreciate you spending some of your time here with me today. And I hope that you have a great rest of your weekend. Bye. If I didn't have stable income from OnlyFans, I would be put back in a place where I might have to consider accepting shoot requests from companies that I haven't worked for before that I maybe don't trust or I question their, you know, their set environment. And so after seeing the fallout of Pornhub having their payment processing capabilities banned, like, I think me and just about everyone I know in the industry immediately was like, oh no, OnlyFans. OnlyFans, the website which has basically been built on sex, that models and performers have been able